Good evening. This is the Tomorrow Christian Today, reading 1 Corinthians 11 in the NLT. But first and always, we pray. Dear Lord, help us to have a good discussion. Help us to read your word. I want people to hear, um, and I want to hear your voice, the Holy Spirit, in your words. And um, we thank, we ask you to pour out the Holy Spirit on us as Christian men and as any Christian women who might want to listen, that we are here to elevate both sexes, Lord. But God is about sons, and to elevate a man is to elevate a woman that is attached to that man. It's not to demean women. And the devil has created a war of the sexes, Lord, and is destroying relationships and family in our society because he's come down among us, Lord. He knows his time is short and he's trying to rip up everything that you've created. Don't let him fortify his sons, fortify, fortify the women as daughters, your daughters. I pray in the name of Christ. Amen. Before I read, I was reading, I was listening to Mark Driscoll. I love Mark Driscoll. And uh, he was, he's interviewing a guy, Mark Dugsdale, who is a former bodybuilder. And uh, I guess the guy is a member of his church and um, it's on YouTube. And I think there's really a war of the sexes. I mean, that's what people say on YouTube and it really shows. And I think there's a lack of respect for men. And I think men are just being crushed and, and stepped on. And in order, that is what the devil is doing. He is like that red thing in the Star Trek episode. He is pitting men against women and women against men. And God has a certain hierarchy and that hierarchy um, does not to diminish a woman or um, elevate a man, but it's rather that's how God's spirit flows. And to elevate God's hierarchy of men and women who are of equal worth to God, but definitely have equal tasks and can do, I mean, they're, their, their tasks are equally important, but they're fitted for different roles. It's just so obvious to me. And it's when you, when I look at those videos on YouTube, like secular people talking about relationships and women being single and um, just a lot of mistrust and broken relationships, it just goes to show you what happens in this world when God is not elevated because God is the God of other centered relationships, of love, of connection. And when God is devalued and disrespected and ignored, that means that relationships and connections cannot really work very well. And it's really showing on the stats uh, for men, especially. I'm going to read to you from Matthew 24, just to remind you, um, because we need to really go to God's word. God's word has the answer. And it says here in Matthew 24, it says, they will deliver you up to tribulation, verse 9, this is the KJV, and kill you and you'll be hated by all nations for my namesake. And then many will be offended. Everybody's offended these days. We'll betray one another and we'll hate one another. There's a lot of hatred going on in the world. Lots of, lots of dissension, lots of mistrust. Uh, there's so little love in the world. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. It's happening, folks, across the world. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. We have to endure. The Antichrist is coming. He says in, in Revelation 13, you can't buy or sell unless you have the mark of the, you know, unless you have that mark. And the thing is, everything is so expensive now. Houses, food, gasoline, inflation going up. Um, the, the world stage is being set. 
for someone who talks, walks, quacks like Jesus, like God, but is really an alternative voice, an alternative, quote, spiritual, unquote, voice, the way the serpent was a, quote, um, alternative, spiritual, unquote, voice speaking to Eve. Let me read 1 Corinthians 11, and you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. I am so glad that you always keep me in your thoughts and that you are following the teachings I passed on to you. But there is one thing I want you to know. The head of every man is Christ. The head of woman is man. And the head of Christ is God. That's how it flows. That's what it should be. And no man who is invested with the authority of Christ should use his position to lord over a woman and submit, make her submit as if she is a slave. Let me say that again. The, in, the hierarchy of God is something that nobody should use to be a boss, whether a boss man or a boss babe over your spouse. That's not a Christian marriage. And I should, don't listen to me, I'm not married. I'm gonna be divorced soon. But my wife burned down the marriage from A to Z burned it down completely to the ground and i personally a great stone has rolled off my chest i did everything i could no kind of uh two-way street no kind of let's go to counseling let's talk let's sit down nope i'm leaving i want out no problem no worries christian men should be forgiving I guess forgive, not forget, forget, forgive and forget, because we have been forgiven in Christ. Verse four, a man dishonors his head if he covers his head while praying or prophesying. But a woman dishonors her head if she prays or prophesies without a covering on her head, for this is the same as shaving her head. Yes, if she refuses to wear a head covering, she should cut off all her hair. But since it is shameful for a woman to have her hair cut or her hair shaved, she should wear a covering. I, I don't really understand this. I'll just say I don't understand. I, I won't say that I see the reason. There's a reason. I got to trust God. This is what God wrote through through um, his servant. And we leave it at that. A man should not wear anything on his head when worshiping. For man is made in God's image and reflects God's glory. And woman reflects man's glory. For the first man didn't come from woman, but the first woman came from man. And man was not made for woman, but woman was made for man. For this reason, because the angels are watching, a woman should wear a head covering, a covering on her head to show she is under authority. We are under the authority of Christ. This is not us. This is not about men being the boss of women and controlling women and talking down to them because there's a lot of protests from women about what men are not doing. And it's really kind of messing up the whole relational relationships. And you don't have to agree with me. You don't have to agree with me at all. You can just go to YouTube, sit there and watch the videos. Some, uh, most of the videos I've watched are, are, are people who are not believers. Mark Driscoll is a pastor, he is a believer, and he's advocating for men. And there seems to be, um, he's trying to say that the way things are being done in the secular society that's passing away, um, men are really at the bottom. 
they have no, um, you know, their authority has been taken away. You don't have to agree with me. In fact, I don't tell you what to think. I ask you to think about what I tell you. Verse 11, but among the Lord's people, women are not independent of men and men are not independent of women. For although the first woman came from man, every other man was born from a woman and everything comes from God. The Bible is from God. The Bible is God's words through men. God is trying to speak to us, communicate with us, connect to us. God is all about sons, as Mark Driscoll said. And daughters are included too. It's not about the exclusion of daughters. That's not what it should be about. Even secular guys said, you know what? If the guy comes home and he's crying to the wife, then you should, she should get a new husband. He says, you're supposed to be the mountain and your wife crashes in on you to depend on you emotional support. If you're the guy get, trying to get emotional support from your wife, then that's wrong. That's what a secular person said. That sounds like strength. You gotta be strength. That strength is coming from God. Sure, you know, when my dad, my dad, I've seen my dad cry three times. One time he cried because his father died and my mother put her arms around him. The second time is when he cried when he lost his business. He was a neon glass bender. He worked so hard and then the economy went belly up and he was paying the guys all the benefits, all the salary, but no work was coming in. And finally he had to go bankrupt and he was so distraught. And the man said um, to my dad, let me do my job. You're an honest businessman. Um, the system is not working for you. You have to declare bankruptcy. Let me do my job. And the day that we had to close that shop in Markham, I saw my dad cry. It hurt me so much. And the third time is when his wife died. We were all there, my mother. And my brother said, Ridge, she's gone. And I popped into that room like quantum mechanics. And my brother was there and I was there and my dad was there. And we looked down at this person at 5.30 on a Friday morning. And then my dad put his arms around her neck and he started to bawl. And I tell you, the entire windows of that house shook. That street shook. God on his very throne heard my father. But my father didn't cry because he's a weakling. He cried because he's a man of strength. And that was a cry of an anguish of the tearing of his soul. God will make men strong. And those kind of men are what women want. And men want women that give them rest and peace. Men don't want slaves. Verse 13, judge for yourselves. Is it right for a woman to pray to God in public without covering her head? Isn't it obvious that it's disgraceful for a man to have long hair? And isn't long hair a woman's pride and joy? For it has been given to her as a covering. But if anyone wants to urge about this, argue about this, I simply say that we have no other custom than this and neither do God's other churches. This is Paul saying why he's saying what he's saying. Order at the Lord's Supper. But in the following instructions, I cannot praise you for it sounds as if more harm than good is done when you meet together. First, I hear that there are divisions among you when you meet as a church. And to some extent, I believe it. But of course, there must be divisions among you so that you who have God's approval will be recognized. 
So there has to be some kind of divisions hierarchy. I don't think divisions mean discontent. It means some hierarchy, isn't it? Hierarchy. There has to be some kind of organized uh, religion, right? I remember um, a, a famous author that I do like. He said, oh, I, I believe in God, but I don't want to be part of any organized religion. Okay, do you want to be part of disorganized religion then? He's not part of the, it. It was his excuse for I don't want to be part of the church. I'll read the Bible. I'll say a couple of words, but I don't want to do anything. I don't want to participate. Okay. Well, we all, we all want somebody else to do it, but you know what? You get to a certain age as I'm recognizing, I look around. It's like, these people are old. I got to do something. Got no choice. Do nothing, pass the buck and the whole thing crumbles. We are Christ's feet, Christ's eyes, Christ's ears, Christ's brains. If we don't sign the contracts, dot the T's, have the board meetings, who's going to have it? Who's going to do it? Verse 20. When you meet together, you are not really interested in the Lord's Supper. For some of you hurry to eat your own meal without sharing with others. As a result, some go hungry while others get drunk. What? Don't you have your own homes for eating and drinking? Or do you really want to disgrace God's church and shame the poor? What am I supposed to say? Do you want me to praise you? Well, I certainly will not praise you for this. Well, I guess Paul is a really nice man. He's tough, but he's kind. He's kind, but he's tough. And he doesn't hold back with these people. And I guess they get, they've gotten a little late, have gotten a little sloppy. You know, Christian church is the body of Christ. We're supposed to be neat and tidy and do the best we can. Do the best you can. Verse 23, for I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this to remember me. Christ our Lord was broken in pieces on the cross. He was killed and slapped and, and beaten and punched and disrespected and, and, and punctured and wounded for our sins. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying that this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. Christ is our friend, our king, our savior, and he's a human being. He knows exactly what you feel when you've been disrespected and, and discarded. You know, my life is really on an upswing right now. My diet is way better, definitely less carbs. I am a fast oxidizer and I need less carbs. I love eating carbs because I wanted to stack my muscles and get a pump in the gym and that's not happening. So I'm just trying to eat less carbs, um, more proteins, more meats, right? To, to, to limit the, the speed at which carbohydrates are absorbed, limit the amount of insulin in my body, allow the fat metabolism to proceed to the best of my ability. I'm not cut or ripped. I don't have veins all over the place and the muscles are small, but I just feel healthier. I do feel a little strong. I do I do feel very strong. I do get a sort of a mild pump now, but I'm a fast oxidizer. I cannot, I, I should have never been doing a diet of a lot of carbs. I don't know why bodybuilding doesn't know this because when you're bodybuilding, your body metabolism building, you're building up carbohydrate metabolism and that's stress. And because of, because I'm half Jamaican, the Jamaican part is working with the muscles, but the Trinidadian part is, is holding me down because it's my mother's metabolism, not my dad's. My dad is, he's a slow oxidizer. I'm a fast oxidizer. If you're a fast oxidizer and you have a big body and you're eating a lot of carbohydrates and you're trying to build muscle, yeah, you can feel your muscles expanding. I do, but I, but I get sick in my stomach. Blood pressure problems, anxiety issues because the metabolic stress is just rising geometrically 
and 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 eating carbohydrates I thought would fix the problem. It doesn't because you release insulin and insulin clamps down on your fat metabolism. I didn't know these things. The Lord said, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. All these people in medicine and bodybuilding who have never done it, actually trying to figure out why there are so many guys in bodybuilding with high blood pressure problems. If you got a high blood pressure problem, go to the doctor. If you can't get it down, I'm not a doctor, so go to the doctor. He may have to give you pills. You may have to take the pills. Blood pressure is a silent killer. And these guys say, well, it's because of the pressure. Certainly, I've lifted some heavy weights and I've tried to breathe, but sometimes I hold my breath. That's bad. But it's also because your metabolism is rising. You're probably more of a fast oxidizer than you think. I think Arnold Schwarzenegger and all those guys, bodybuilders, have specialized metabolisms. They're all slow oxidizers. I stake my reputation on it. I, I don't have a reputation. I'm not a scientist. I'm a layman, jack of all trades, master of none, as my grandmother used to say. Master of disaster, actually. Metabolic typing, it's a pseudoscience. A lot of people don't believe in it. They've never even heard of it. I totally believe in it. If you are a fast oxidizer and you have, your muscles are trying to expand and you're a guy and you're eating a lot of carbohydrates and you're working out kind of hard, you're going to be in trouble in that gym. You're not going to be feeling well. But I guess enough people, it has to happen to enough males for people to say, hey, this guy's not telling us a lie. Because I don't need to prove anything to anybody. If I've spoken the truth, if God has given me a modicum of truth, it'll prove itself. And I don't have to be ashamed about the conclusions that I've come to. This is not about me, actually. This is about scripture. I don't even know how I got to this. Verse 29, for if you eat the bread or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you are eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. That is why many of you are weak and sick and some have even died. I don't know what happened in the Corinthian church. It doesn't sound very good. He's saying there's some spiritual stuff going on here. You don't want God's judgment, right? You want to get out of judgment. That's having Jesus as your savior. So he can invest you with the Holy Spirit and you can have a transformed life. You're the best of the best of the best. God loves you and he's given us grace and forgiveness, but we have to step up. We can't step up on our own. God's stepping up inside of us, but we're, we carry out, we go, we, we carry out the actions. Best in spiritual, best in mental, best in emotional, and best in the physical. Be your best. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your heart and might and soul for the glory of God. Whatever you do, love the Lord your God with all your heart and might and soul. That's what the Bible says. He wants everything from you. He doesn't want you to hold back. He wants to be your numero uno because you're his numero uno. I speak for the guys and the girls. I mean, I speak for the, I speak for myself, but I'm saying that's what God wants for everybody. God says, I desire that all men to be saved. That's what God wants. But he gave us free will choice. You get to decide. But if you decide for Christ, it's like, it's a marriage to Christ. That's in 2 Corinthians 11, I think. God wants everything from you. He wants your heart and he wants your trust. It's as simple as that. A hundred percent or zero percent. Ninety-nine percent won't do. Verse 31, but if we would examine ourselves, we would not be judged by God in this way. Yet when we are judged by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be condemned along with the world. 
those whom God loves, he chastises. We've all been beaten up. We've all been chastised. God did it. We did it to ourselves or God let Satan hit us. I have no idea which. You're being chastised by God. He wants you to do better, I guess. I can't say that I've never been chastised by God. And I would look in the mirror and say, I did this to myself. I didn't want to do it his way. I said that I did, but I didn't actually do it. Now he wants us to trust. These are the end times, folks. I'm not going to mince words. Okay, I don't tell you what to think. I ask you to think about what I tell you. But if you don't care what I say, good for you. But read this chapter. Yet when we are judged by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be condemned along with the world. God doesn't want the world to be condemned, but he gives the world a free will. The world is like Satan, spiritual Egypt. It wants to do its own thing, build its own Tower of Babel. Nothing but confusion and distress. So many people are isolated and lonely today. As Mark Crisco said, there are some people that are hell-bent on just blowing up their own lives. They just want to burn down their own lives. So my dear brothers and sisters, when you gather for the Lord's Supper, wait for each other. If you are really hungry, eat at home so you won't bring judgment upon yourselves when you meet together. I'll give you instructions about the other matters after I arrive. Ah, he cared about these people. God, God sent a former Pharisee who was killing Christians and turned him right around and now he loves these people. He wants them to know Christ, the very Christ who he was trying to eradicate and persecute and kill by killing Christ's followers and he became one of them. That's an amazing story. You gotta, you gotta love that story, eh? From riches to rags, but rags in Christ is riches in glory. Remember what our Savior said after he came out of the tomb. All power is given to me in heaven and on earth. Go now and teach all nations. <laughs> Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And lo, I am with you always to the end of the world. And when you, when this world passes away and you see your Savior coming in the clouds for you, the sword goes over your head because he won't touch your judgment. You have, you have passed through judgment into life. All power will be given to you. You are being a son of God, a daughter of God, a son of immortality forever and ever, world without end, time without end. At God's right, hand is joy forevermore. God bless you all.